This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Selena is slapping me in the arm. I'm not sure why because purple rain is not a sexual connotation. It is just purple rain. Family you have a dirty young. mind. And if you're... <laughs> She's going to get immaculate conception by Prince. You guys, okay, let's just stop it here. Purple rain. All right, let's talk about the voting fiasco. Yes, 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 yes. Guys, so if you, you have just tuned into the show, we have had an amazing conversation so far. We talked about Flint's dirty water. Their water was not purple. It was brown with doo-doo in it. And it, it was had dirty. Lead. Just yeah. like Stanley's mouth. <laughs> My mouth is pretty dirty. I'm not going to lie about that. I have to tell myself not to curse about every other word when I'm on air. And then we finished that conversation. We went straight to the news roundup and talked about Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill and how Harriet's side eye is going to ruin Becky's day when she buys a mocha frappe latte and burns her tongue from frustration. And I'll be there to drink those white tears. But now, now, the conversation we have all been waiting for, the moment we have all been talking about since April 19th, 2016, a day that all of you people who voted for the first time in 20-something years will never forget. Because on this day, even though you registered to vote in 2008, you have not actually voted since 2008. On this day, when so many folk who had registered as independents, instead of just putting others so they could be registered as independent, decided they were going to rock their vote. The day that Bernie Sanders was going to upset New York State and win that primary, which I actually thought he would upset New York State and win that primary, we were all frustrated when Hillary Clinton, who had a 12-point lead in the polls, won Election Day in New York State by 19 to 20 points. And everyone was saying, well, at least everyone on a certain side was saying that this victory pretty much solidified the nomination for Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders needs to step aside respectfully and stop being problematic because why socialists don't believe in a democratic process anyway why is he interrupting let her march to the finish line but then but then there were all these whispers of problems and let me be honest with you if this was 1956 76 86 hell even 96 maybe even 2006 you would have never heard these problems you would have never heard these voices these were the same voices who were saying black lives matter all the way back when eisenhower was president and no one cared these are the same voices that were saying we have an hiv problem when ronald reagan was walking around ignoring it and his press person scooter whatever was laughing it off these were the same people who were whispering and shouting when Bill Clinton said the Welfare Reform Act was a great thing for black people. These are the same people who have always been whispering and screaming and shouting but have never been heard because the media chooses to ignore them. These are the same people who are screaming in Flint right now but the media chooses to ignore them. But now, something is completely different. The pendulum has shifted because of social media. And on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram and on Snapchat and on Skolnex and on MySpace and on StanleyFritz.com Just kidding, that's not really a website and you can't talk social on there, people were saying that they were not able to vote. People who have been registered for years, who have voted in every single election, could not go to vote because their names have been stripped off the ballot. People who were independent but registered by October, which is New York's deadline, October of 2015, to be Democrat, went to go vote and they could not. People who had to be at work early, so they went to the um, polling place at 6 a.m., could not vote because the polling place was closed. And then they got inside, and poll workers didn't know how to use the machines, or the machines were broken, or they told them to vote somewhere else, or they were registered Democrat. All of these problems started to pop up. And unlike before, when you could ignore them because you were the establishment and you had the power, there was no way left that you could drown out the shouts of millions of people. And in this case, 124,000 Brooklyners who were unable to vote on Election Day. Why? Why? BS. I can't say the full word because FCC 
tells me I can't. And a whole bunch of other people couldn't vote because the polls were closed. And because of that, maybe, and maybe not, Bernie Sanders was not able to have the full representation of his voters out there on Election Day. So today, we are here to have that conversation, to give you a breakdown of exactly what went wrong and how we got there. And to start it off, I want to talk about a lawsuit that was being filed that would, that would have given all those people stripping the voter rolls an opportunity to vote. And I see Alyssa waving her hands Wait, over no, there. No, so no, because you're confusing two details that I want to clarify. Mm-hmm. There was a law, The lawsuit filed was not about those. There's two things going on. There was a lawsuit filed that would give independent who did not change their registration in time, the right to vote. That's what I was trying to Okay. Then there's people who were purged from the voter rolls that were registered as Democrats but hadn't voted in four election cycles. Those are two different things. I so, was, yeah, I was getting ready to. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. So you, <laughs> there was no need to clarify. I was going to get there. But All right. nonetheless, it was I was running along anyway. So let's, <laughs> it's all right. So let's talk about that for the first half of those people. So um, Which sorry. people? We're talking about the, the people who wanted a to vote. So yes. that wasn't a screw up. That was intentional and it happened just as it was planned. In New York, we have a closed primary system. We have uh, forever, basically. Um, now, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong and I do think that our closed primary system needs to be changed, but the rules state that if you are have been registered before and you want to vote in the primary, you have to change your voter registration before a date in October of 2015. If you have never, ever, ever been registered to vote before, then you have until March 23rd, I believe, this year. But usually you have until March. So it sets up this situation where if you've never voted before, then you have a longer opportunity to register with a party in order to be able to vote in April in our primary. But if you had voted before, then you needed to change your registration by October. Lots of people changed their registrations, but they did not do it by October. And when they got to the polls on Tuesday, they found out that they were not eligible to vote because they were now Democrats, but they hadn't done it in time, and therefore they were cut off. Selena? I just want to say that thank you for bringing down the rules, but that is so problematic. Think about it in October. Where was people didn't even haven't even heard, didn't even hear of Bernie Sanders, right? So if you were unaffiliated, if you were independent or Republican, if you don't have a good grasp on who the candidates are who are running, you weren't even motivated to go to the polls. You might think, like, you know what, I'm just gonna vote Republican or Democrat. It is what it is. That's how like people like my mom was. Like she didn't know who Bernie Sanders was. And that's why I think that we definitely need some reform when it comes to these voting rules because they disenfranchise people. So New York State is not the only state that has closed primaries, but New York State is the only has a, is a state that has the longest amount of time that you have to switch parties in order to qualify for those primary elections. So the date to register for another party so you can vote in the primary elections was October 9th. That's 193 days before the actual primary. And most other states, you could literally change your party at at the polling site. New York right. State is also one of the hardest places to register to vote and to be registered, believe it or not. And this is not by accident. It's definitely by design, Alyssa. No, it is by design. It is to keep people in the the party system, to uh, deter people from being independents if they want to be able to vote in primaries. Uh, I know we're going to get into solutions a little later on in the segment, but uh, my state senator actually has uh, a bill pending, uh, which is known as S-2740. Her name is Liz Kruger. She's my state senator. Uh, This bill, S-2740, would say that uh, you could register with a party 90 days before the election, regardless of whether you are a first-time voter or whether you are changing your registration. But even 90 days 
is, I mean, it's still three months out. So we voted on April 19th. Uh, so do the math, March, February, January. You still would have had to have been registered by January 18th or 19th uh, in order to vote. And some people may say that's still not good enough. We should have same-day voter registration, as Stanley points out, where you could just walk in, register, and then vote. Which you do have during the general, general elections, which is kind of weird. But anyways, not in guys, New York. Yeah. 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 But, um, guys, we do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll clear up the whole saying the registration for general elections, and we'll continue this conversation and talk about what happened to those purged voters in Brooklyn, New York, about 125,000 of them to be exact. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. We are talking about the Election Day fiasco in New York State. And if you were just tuning in, I do have to make a correction. Right before we went to break, I did say that you could do same-day voter registration. I actually went to war with Alyssa about that. And then we used the white man's Google. And guess what? You cannot register to vote and vote on the same day. So that was my mistake. In this state. In this state. So that was my mistake. I wanted to clear that up and make sure that I was forthright with the information for you guys. But now, we talked about before was just the independent voters and why New York State has um, a closed primary and how that works. But now, what I want to talk about are the 125,000 Brooklyn voters that were purged from the rolls. And what does that mean? That means that their names were not on the list or those books were missing. And how did this happen and what did it look like? So, I should let you guys know, that list of purged voters included 12,000 who moved out. 44,000 shifted to inactive voting status, and a stunning 70,000 removed entirely from the books. Let's talk about mood first. As someone who is too poor to afford his own apartment in Harlem, so was constantly moving to find places he can afford, when every time I move, I have to change my address on a registration form. So for whatever reason, that information was not updated at the Board of Elections, or it was not registered there, or they didn't have it, so they were not able to vote. Something similar happened to me last year. I moved, and the day that I moved, I made sure to register to vote again and to change my address. But on Election Day, when I went to go vote, I could not. And I did an affidavit, but it was rejected. So this is something that can can happen, and obviously it did happen at 12,000 Brooklyn voters. 44,000 shifted to inactive voting status because if you miss or, or are inactive for a certain amount of elections— Four consecutive, four. and that includes local, small yes. elections. It's not just like four presidential elections. Yes. It's the, like four times we go to the polls. Exactly. The Board of Elections will assume that you're either a dead, no longer voting, or moved out of the state and will, will remove you from the rolls. Now, what they're supposed to do is send you a notification and be like, hey, this has happened, or hey, are you still alive because we're going to remove you? But, of course, the Board of Elections did not do that for a bunch of reasons that we will discuss later on in this segment. And then a 70,000 removed entirely from the books how the hell does this happen well actually from incompetence let me tell you what i mean by incompetence because a lot of it goes around in the board of elections so on the thursday after the election the new york city board of elections took swift action and suspended the borough's top election official diana haslett rudiano um and among many other problems plague voters on primary day was one of the biggest issues according to the daily news citing multiple unnamed sources 
Haslett Rudiano have been suspended and will ultimately be fired because she botched the maintenance of the voter roll. What does that mean? The problem pretty much began when she was trying to clean up the voting books, which must be periodically purged to eliminate people who die, move, or are ineligible for other reasons. Which are legitimate reasons. Yeah. And sources said that she skipped one of the many steps that was built in to stop the system from purging eligible voters. And instead of going through that step, she skipped it, which caused a chain reaction that led to people being improperly removed. Brooklyn lost 102,717 potential voters or 8% of its active voters from November 1st, 2015 through April 1st, 2016. That is a huge screw up. Yeah, it is. And you know what? That one person may be incompetent, but I don't think it's fair. I'm going to push back a second because I don't think it's fair to call the entire board of elections incompetent. You know what they are? They're underfunded and they're understaffed. So this is one of these situations where it's like, you know, government's bad. Let's not spend any money on it. And then the government, be the Board of Elections, which is part of the government, has no money to spend, right? So they don't have the staffing and they're underfunded and they're understaffed. One of the officials who's not the woman you mentioned, who if you skip steps and you, and you did things wrong, that's incompetence, right? But one of the people said that part of the reason why it took so long to purge people that should have been purged back in, say, November and October and then should have been notified back then is because they didn't have the staff to do it, right? Because they were underfunded. So because they were underfunded, they couldn't hire enough people to to go through the voter rolls, to send out the notifications, letting people know they were going to be purged, and then they got backlogged. So now, in April, they were still trying to do all the purges that they were supposed to do back in October and November, and the notifications, and because they waited so long to do it, and they didn't wait so long just because they wanted to, or they were trying to be incompetent, they waited so long because they just literally didn't have the staff. Like, these people were working day in and day out and night and day to try and update the voter rolls so that they were ready to go, but when you don't have enough people working for the Board of Elections, then you just can't get through that list fast enough. I have a couple of friends who work for the Board of Elections, and I think it's a combination of incompetence, but then also lack of funding. So I don't want to just say blame it all on the Board of Elections, but trust me, there is plenty of incompetence, especially in a space where you can be appointed for your job. As far as funding goes, state senators and assembly members go out of their ways to make sure that they have districts that allow them to stay in office for as long as they want, but refuse to put in funding and support for the Board of Elections. This is not the first time that we have faced this problem in New York. In the 2012 presidential elections, it was problematic. In the 2013 mayoral elections, it was extremely problematic, to the point that on election day, I went to go vote and my polling site was gone. Right. And there were over 100 people outside looking to vote, and we didn't know where our polling site was. And, and just because I'm, I'm ignorant or just I'm determined, I walked to four different polling sites until I found out where my place was and was able to vote. But who the hell has time for that? Right. Like, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. But you know what the other problem is? Now you look at a situation like this and people will automatically be like, oh, look, it's incompetence. Why should we be spending any money on the Board of Elections if they're incompetent as it is when it's literally like the opposite, which is like now people you, there's going to be plenty of people. There's going to you're going to hear a big outcry of people saying that we should cut. Cut their budget, take away their money, you know, take away their staff because they're incompetent, which is exactly the opposite of what we need to fix the problem. We need to give them more staff and we need to give them more budget and then they will have more resources and they will be more competent and less incompetent. Well, what we're doing is Monday Monday morning quarterbacking and really what I'm doing Monday morning quarterbacking in relation to what the Board of Elections did or did not do for Election Day. Mayor de Blasio, who sometimes I love him, sometimes he makes me scratch the hell out of my head, and... um. 
and the New York City Comptroller are now breaking into an investigation into the Board of Elections as if we don't know what the problems already what the problems already are. We all know what the problems are, and hopefully what this leads to is additional funding for them to do their jobs. But then also for the people who and I guess I'm being a bit of a jerk with this one, for the people who are all of a sudden upset because they could not vote, where the hell have you been? Right. Why didn't you show up in 2014? Why didn't you show up in 2010? Where were you? Yeah, because Where were you when we really needed you to get people elected to Congress to help the president out to keep his agenda moving forward? Instead, we got the 2010 Tea Party wave of people in office that their whole agenda was to block the president's agenda. So, yeah. you know what? I, I, I get it. I, I totally – totally think people who were purged should have been notified. That's the process. That's what should have been done. And people should have been able to fix that. But you know what? If you didn't vote in the last four elections, like I kind of have a hard time having some sympathy for you. I I feel bad that you weren't notified and that you showed up and you didn't know. And I do think there is gross incompetence and underfunding, as we've already discussed. I'm not going to circle jerk that. But like, where were you? Why have you not voted in four elections? Where have you been? And listen, like this is not about putting the blame on the people who have not been active in the last couple of elections. I don't want to do that, but I will tell you now, now that you see where all the problems are, now that you see what happens, we need you to be active. You need to be voting. You need to be making educated votes because you know why the Board of Elections is such a mess? Because of our state senators and assembly people who refuse to pass common sense legislation to help the process. And if you think I'm joking, let me just tell you about a bill that is sitting on the floor because no one will vote for it. It is called the Voter Empowerment Act, which would automatically register every eligible citizen to vote through the Department of Motor Vehicles. Republicans don't want that. Exactly. And other government agencies, only excluding those who affirmatively opt out. This reform would newly register more than 2 million New Yorkers to vote. And in addition, it would automatically register eligible consenting citizens. The Voter Empowerment Act would also allow voters to automatically update their information, permit pre-registration of 16 and 17-year-olds, and automatically transfer registration of New Yorkers who move within the state. What does that mean? It makes the process so much simpler. It is currently sitting in the state Senate. Because the republic, it's, it's technically Republican-led right now, and they don't even want to talk about it. So you've seen what's happened. Don't disappear after the presidential elections are over, because there are plenty of people who we need to make unemployed, including the Independent Democratic Caucus. Right, that caucus is with the Republicans. I mean, it's not just here in New York State. I, I know that we don't have a lot of time left, and that we are in about a minute or two going to shift gears and talk about voter ID and voter suppression uh, in the bigger picture about what's going on in the country. But it's no surprise that the people that are pushing for voter ID and voter suppression methods are Republicans because they know when Democrats come out and they there's a saying, when we vote, we win. And that's true. When Democrats turn out, they win. When they don't turn out, they don't. So what have they done? They've tried to make it more difficult for people to vote and especially people who, generally speaking, are poor and will vote for Democrats. And why have they done that? Because they figure if they disenfranchise those people, it's going to be easier for them to win. And when you couple that with gerrymandering tactics and other you know, voter suppression um, methods that some of these people have been using, then, you know, of course you're going to have a situation for disaster. Before we get there, I just want to clarify one thing that just in case people were confused about the difference between the affidavit ballot and the provisional ballot. Stanley mentioned an affidavit. I know we've spoke about provisional balloting. So basically, if you were purged from the rolls, if you are at one time registered and you showed up to vote in New York on Tuesday and it turned out that you were no longer there on the rolls, then you could cast what 
what was called an affidavit ballot. This is if you were registered one time as a Republican or as a Democrat. An affidavit ballot where you were swear that you, you know, lived in this certain area, that you could vote in this certain place, and that you were registered as either a Democrat or a Republican. That is separate and apart from the provisional ballot, although these are both two different types of quote-unquote provisional ballots. What the provisional ballots were about is, as Stanley pointed out, uh, a lot of independents that wanted to vote for either Bernie or Trump brought a lawsuit, and they essentially argued that they should be able – that the, this, they asked this judge to open up the New York primary to independents regardless of whether they were registered for a party or not, and um, this ruling was pending. And so what happened was those people who were registered as independents, they were able to cast provisional ballots awaiting a court decision. Now, ultimately, Ultimately, the court, the judge ruled to delay decision on that. And so those ballots were not thrown out because the, what was going to happen is if the court ruled, the judge ruled not to open the primary, they were just going to throw those ballots out. And if the judge ruled to open the primary, they were going to count those ballots. What the judge did actually was kind of like split the baby and say, well, I'm going to delay a ruling. So they're still holding all of those provisional ballots, but pending the outcome of that court case. Obviously, once the court decides, even if those ballots are counted, I mean, the race has already been called for Hillary, so I don't know what would end up happening down the line. I I suspect that the judge is going to rule against opening up the primary. Yeah, I would hope that they would rule against opening up the primary, and not because I don't think independent voters shouldn't have a chance to vote in primaries, but we have a very simple way of making open primaries in New York, freaking demand it. Right, just like, change the law. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing. People were like, you shouldn't ask for the rules to be changed five minutes before we're going to start to cast our votes. If yeah. you want the rules sense. changed, and we all agree the rules should be changed, then they have to be changed for next cycle. But you can't just decide three days before that the rules are going to change. Like, that's not fair to people who actually did their due diligence and went and changed their party registration back in October just on the off chance that they might want to vote with a party. So, you know what? Yes, the rules should be changed, but they can't be changed on a whim. They have to be done through the process and, you know, get ready for next election cycle. And we absolutely should change them and consider bills like the ones I mentioned, but we can't just do it on a whim right before we're going to go to the polls and vote. Yeah, it's just absolutely It's too confusing. So, Selena, did you have any problems with voting in Queens? Um, I actually didn't. I walked right in, voted. I never have problems. It was really easy. Um, but I just wanted to say that this is a prime example of why we need election and voting reform. We need to push lawmakers in Albany to push for reform. I mean, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we definitely need same-day registration. We need pre-registration opportunities for 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds. Why not make why does voting have to be such a burden? Because why not Republicans make it easy? don't want people to vote. No, you're absolutely right. And polls show that that has actually been the Republican Party's mechanism of survival. It's voter suppression. The more people that vote, the more Democrats win. So I think that we need to just stop making it overcomplicated, so burdensome. We need to actually do something to make it so that people want to vote. Like, I'll give you an example, right? Like, there has been, like, in-person voter fraud, where somebody goes and tries to, like, vote twice as vote as somebody else. The kind of voter fraud that an ID would stop. Like, there's been two cases of it in 12 years. I mean, it's like less than 1%. Meanwhile, we have 53,000 gun deaths per year, and Republicans are like, we can't do anything about that. But they're like, oh, one case of voter fraud, everybody's going to have an ID. Why are they doing that? It's not because they're trying to stop voter fraud. It's because they're trying to stop people from voting. Yeah, so guys, we do have to end the conversation where it stands right here because we have an amazing guest coming up. But I just want to share a couple of final words and cook one more time so that you good folks could know 
and smell what the stand is cooking. So here we come. Election day has passed on April 19th, and we know that Hillary has won the New York State primary, and a lot of people are very upset about it. A lot of people who have been registered to vote for years and have voted in every single election they could were purged from the rolls. People who are going to vote for the first time did not have a chance to vote because of problems in the Board of Elections. Let's remove the politics away from all of this. Let's remove the fact that there were a lot of people feeling the burn who could not feel the burn, or some people feeling the Trump who could not feel the Trump because they could not vote. Let's talk about that person who is excited about engaging in the political process for the very first time. That person doesn't have a lot of time, they don't have a lot of energy, and they don't have a lot of knowledge on how the system works. And they go out there and they try to vote, and their polling location is closed. And they had to get to work, but you know what? They stay late, and they finally get inside, and all of a sudden, the polling person who has no idea what they're doing because they weren't properly trained, or maybe they do, is saying, listen, we can't find your name on the rolls. And now this person who took time from their day to go vote is late for work and did not have a chance to live and do their democratic right. And you know what? They're probably not going to go for it again because they don't have the time, the energy, or the patience to keep on going through it. And when you tell someone they have a right, you have a right to live, you have a right to breathe, you have a right to be treated fairly, you have a right to vote, and then you strip them of that right to vote because of clerical issues, incompetence, or lack of funding, you are stealing the American dream right from the pockets to everyone who has fought so hard and deserving of it. And their tax dollars do not go so that they can go somewhere at 6 a.m. and the place be closed. Because that poll worker may not have been there on time, but I bet you their check is full and someone didn't get to vote regardless. That is a huge problem that we have to solve. And until we do, we will be living in a country where democracy is nothing but a fallacy and people who want to have their voices heard never do, unless, of course, they call here. But that's just a side note. We'll be right back after this quick break. W-H-C-R, 90.3 FM, New York. 